we are seeing so many issues with infant feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, infant feeding issues are really on the rise and bottle feeding and breastfeeding are really the first step that your baby needs to master to be able to um, progress to things like solid foods and speech. Um, so, so if our babies are not nursing well or taking a bottle well, it really can affect development later on down the road, which we may not think about because it's like, oh, well, maybe they didn't nurse well or take a bottle well, but that's over at about a year and, you know, no harm, no foul. But really that can kind of persist um, throughout baby's development. So we want to make sure that babies get off to a really good start. Hi, I'm Leslie Abraham, a pre- and postnatal expert, DO, and exercise specialist with over 11 years of international experience. I am now the founder of Bonjour Baby, a birth prep and postpartum recovery online program. I help new moms just like you preparing for birth and recover after so that you can be ready for the biggest day of your life push with confidence and feel like you're all self again in your new mom's body. So if you have questions on how to stay healthy during your pregnancy, prepping your body for birth, preventing diastasis recti or the best way to support your postpartum recovery, this podcast is for you. I created this show to give you simple and scientifically proven tips and insights on pregnancy, birth prep, recovery and motherhood, and give you the answers and knowledge you deserve. So if you are currently pregnant, a brand new mom, or a mom of four already, looking for feeling better in your body and more confident in your mom life, you are at the right place. So tune in, grab your favorite cup of tea, settle comfortably, and let's get this episode started. Welcome back to another episode of the Bonjour Baby podcast brought to you by Bibon, the very first organic and plastic-free skincare brand for the whole family. We truly believe that little ones deserve safer and better care products that will protect their health and our planet. We are launching soon our zero waste clean soaps and bath accessories. You can already register and join us at bibon.co, that's B-E-B-O-N.co, to be the first to know when we launch. Welcome to episode 29. Gina Midlow is back. Gina is a pediatric PT and she comes to the show today to talk about a very special guide that every mom and parents should have access to. Knowing what to buy for baby, what is really safe in the end, what is worth it, and what would have absolutely no purpose other than making money for the brand you're buying it from is very hard. Let's put it simply, it is freaking overwhelming so many brands and so many things and reality is you don't need all the things nope not at all some items are also not so great for baby's development putting their hips in dysfunctional positions some not allowing them to move freely etc that's exactly why i'm so excited that gina is coming to the show again today As a therapist, she knows what will support a healthy development and what might not be the best option. Listen up, you can grab her guide for free. 
Yes, Gina shares where you can get it and you can also click on the link in the show notes to grab it. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back, Gina. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs> yes. So for those of you who are discovering the podcast, Gina already came to the show in episode 15 to talk to us about pediatric PT. So I invite you to listen to this episode if you didn't listen to it yet. So Gina, just for the sake of this episode, would you mind reintroducing yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. So I am a pediatric physical therapist, like you said, and so I specialize in working with the young infant population. Um, <clears throat> really, I, I see children from ages zero to three years old in the early intervention program in Missouri. Um, but again, my specialty lies with those young infants. Um, so after working, you know, with infants for for many years, just discovered like, I've been answering the same questions and I kind of felt like a broken record when I was talking to parents about infant development and I kind of thought like, hey, we need to take <clears throat> take a step back and start educating parents, you know, when they're expecting baby so that all of these questions can be answered before baby even comes and baby starts having issues. So that's when <clears throat> I got together with my sister who is a speech therapist and, and lactation consultant and now we teach online courses um, on infant development to parents on infant feeding, infant sleeping, and motor development and safety. Great. So that's kind of where their best start came from. Yeah. So this is where they can find you online, right? The Therapist.com, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's perfect. Correct. Very good. All right, so let's dive into today's matter. So you have uh, a freebie, right, on your website uh, about everything that baby needs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and everything yes. that he doesn't need. <laughs> yes, it's mostly a what you don't need to buy. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a huge help because that's something that we hear a lot. It's overwhelming. There is so much choice out there. We don't know yeah. what is worthy to buy. And yeah. even among what is worthy to buy, what option do you get? Because, right. you know, we, we will dive into each section of your freebie. But for each thing, there are so many options that sometimes we just don't know. And it gets really overwhelming. So I, let's begin with the bottles, right? So let's sure. dive in. So today... Um, we want to know what is really necessary, what is safe, what favors their development, and what is a big no-no. So as I yeah. said, you, you have this guide that uh, people can download. Where can they find it? Do you have a specific uh, URL they can type in? Yeah, so if, if they go to theirbeststart.com, you'll be able to, to kind of follow the 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 top headings and it'll say free guide, but you can also just type in their best start, um, dot com forward slash free guide. And then I'll pop right up and you can download it then. Um, and yeah, bottles is a huge, huge topic, but the reason that therapists are talking about it is because we are seeing so many issues with infant feeding, mm -hmm. um, infant feeding issues are really on the rise and bottle feeding and breastfeeding 
are really the first step that your baby needs to master to be able to um, progress to things like solid foods and speech. Um, so, so if our babies are not nursing well or taking a bottle well, it really can affect development later on down the road, which we may not think about because it's like, oh, well, maybe they didn't nurse well or take a bottle well, but that's over at about a year and, you know, no harm, no foul. But really that can kind of persist um, throughout baby's development. So we want to make sure that babies get off to a really good start. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. So what's, what's the best glass, plastic, nipple, like, you know, nipples, anti-colic, wide mouth. We see everything. So what's everything? Oh my gosh. You name it. You go to the store and like just the aisle for bottles is, is insane. So really as far as a therapist is concerned, there's kind of two options, right? There's a standard nipple um, and then everything else. Mm -hmm. And everything else typically is advertised as like a wide mouth nipple, or you'll see it shaped like a breast. So, or it has some really kind of funky, like asymmetrical shape to it. Um, But really what therapists recommend is that standard size nipple. It's that, it's that bottle that like you feed the goats with at Purina Farms or Grants Farm, you know, when you go to those little petting zoos and you feed the goats with these little bottles, that's the best for baby's development, that type of nipple, that small skinny nipple, because um, we want that entire nipple to go into baby's mouth because that's what actually happens with the breast tissue when baby's nursing. Mm. So the baby, when they're nursing, they take up a lot of breast tissue and that nipple goes all the way back um, into baby's mouth and they use their tongue and their cheeks in a certain way to latch really strong onto the breast. And we want to mimic that with the bottle. What happens if we go to these wide mouth ones, if you download my guide, you'll see pictures of all these. And what happens is there's like a really short amount of like where the nip, where the baby can latch and then they go really wide. Okay, so I guess it looks like a boob, but that's not how a breast responds to a baby's suck. Mm -hmm. So instead of baby being able to take all that tissue on the bottle, they're only latching to this teeny, teeny, tiny tip. And that is a shallow latch. Mm -hmm. And with a shallow latch, we get um, a lot of excess gas. We get, you know, increased risk for reflux um, and milk spilling out of the mouth and a lot, a lot of issues with that. And they're just not using the right motor patterns in their mouth. Um, so they are not practicing those skills that are required for solid feeding and speech and so on later on. So while your baby may be using a, a wide mouth bottle and may be getting some milk, I mean, they're able to kind of extract milk from that bottle. Um, it's just not the best option for mm. them, especially if you want to prevent things like reflux and excess mm. gassiness. And um, if you want to support breastfeeding simultaneously too, because then baby's going to try that shallow latch on you and you're not going to like it. <laughs> that's going to cause pain when nursing. Um, so again, that's kind of the two things that we look, the main things that as a therapist 
concerned is what we look at. As far as if it's glass or plastic, that's really probably more of a preference thing. There mm -hmm. are a lot of great glass options out there now with a standard nipple. So those are really fun because they last a lot longer. Yeah, they do. And they don't take um, uh, how is it called? smell too, too yes. much. Too. So that's yes. way better. And they last in the time as well. And you yes. know, that's less microplastic passed on. So it's always Yes, better. I love it. So Dr. Brown's, the Dr. Brown's with the standard nipple, they have a couple options in plastic and they also have a glass option. Mm -hmm. And then Life Factory glass baby bottle. I love it has a standard nipple. So you just got to make sure when you're looking at these, you're getting the standard nipple and not the wide mouth yeah. nipple. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So the next thing correlated to, you know, the nipple are the pacifiers, right? Yeah. Because definitely those are going hand in hand. So, and it's my favorite subject as an osteopath. <laughs> yeah. It's a question that I got asked so many times in my practice. Is it good that my baby has a pacifier? Yeah, right. it is. If it helps to soothe him, I mean, go for it. So, right. um, and same thing, we see so many things now. We have hard ones, soft ones, yeah. some that are cut in the middle, uh, different shapes, shapes uh, yeah. flat, round, you name it. Mm -hmm. So in the end, from your point of view, what's the best? Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, I, I, there's no reason not to use a pacifier with, with an infant. The trouble is when you get... Um, like that pacifiers in the baby's mouth all day long. Yeah. Like we want to make sure that that baby's getting their, their tongue resting at the appropriate position during the day. So, you know, um, but using a pacifier can be so helpful. And even in, um, as a therapy tool too, we can use mm -hmm. it as a strength training tool. So like if baby is having trouble sucking, yeah. we can use a pacifier to strengthen that baby's suck. So there really is definitely a time and place for pacifiers. Um, and it's the same conversation as the bottle. So you're looking at the shape. Mm. Um, we want, there's basically two shapes. The shape that's kind of like a round cylindrical shape that kind of looks like the standard nipple on a, on a bottle. And then everything else, mm. everything else that's like flat or like um, skinny or kind of has like an asymmetrical shape to it. The, the other ones that are differently shaped are generally classified or advertised as like orthodontic mm. shaped nipples or like dentists really prefer these, but that's be that's, we don't care about that right now because our baby is six months or younger and we want baby to master their feeding skills first. And then we can worry about palate shape and things like that. So when we're talking about infants, you know, your newborns and your infants that are learning how to feed in their mouth, um, is learning what to do to suck, you really want to stick with the same shape that you're doing with the breast and the bottle. So those would be um, those cylindrical shapes. And it's the ones, um, the Phillips Avent Soothe mm. is popular. There's a lot of one. Dr. Brown's Happy Passy has one. Um, and there's several that I link on, on this free guide so you can see. And when you look at them, you'll see they all have a very similar shape. And then when you go to the store and you see those orthodontic shaped nipples, you'll be like, oh, that's the difference. Mm. The difference is <clears throat> the orthodontic shape ones, baby doesn't have to suck. They just set in the mouth and baby doesn't have to do anything to keep them in. It just like kind of um, suctions to their, their roof of their mouth and mm. their tongue doesn't have to do anything. Um, and then, so the other ones that we, 
we recommend you use, baby actually has to actively suck. Mm -hmm. um, and again, they're using those similar patterns. It's not going to be exactly the same as nursing or the bottle because we just can't replicate nursing, but it's going to be similar um, to that suck pattern that we really want baby to master. Got it. Got it. So still, you know, staying in the feeding world, <laughs> what about yeah, nur yeah, nursing pillows? Um, yeah. What's your take on this? Uh, is this really something that is helpful? Because of course it can help to, you know, position yourself. But, and, and the big question is, uh, should we put baby in these other than for feeding them? Is it? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, the, lately I feel like the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years, we've really come out with some yes. excellent choices for nursing pillows and support. And there's been a little more education out there on the importance of supporting baby while baby's learning how to nurse, because if baby's body is not supported, they're not going to be able to focus on their mouth. Mm -hmm. Right. And we want their mouth to do the best job that it can. Um, so these, these bigger nursing, you know, you think of your classic, like boppy pillow is what a lot of people call them. And, um, that just kind of U shaped, but it's pretty flat, right? So it's not going to give a lot of support to baby. Um, so they have these other ones out on the market, uh, like my breast friend or Boppy's best latch and they're real thick and some of them have like a, a much firmer surface so that baby is not kind of squishing down on that mm. soft fabric and is really you can get baby up a lot higher especially for our friends out our moms out there with who are not well endowed like me like you need baby up there so that you yourself are not leaning forward mm -hmm. you know and hurting your back trying to bring yourself to baby you want to bring baby to you mm -hmm. um so having these higher real thick firm nursing pillows is awesome for that and i love what you said yes as a therapist i use these um for gross motor movement um uh, and, and learning things like that, because we can take the pillow and we can put it on the ground and we can put baby on their tummy over the pillow. And then, so that's a way of doing what you may, you guys may have heard of as tummy time, which is super important. And we could talk all day about tummy time. I'm sure Leslie, but, but know this, that tummy time is best done, you know, kind of flat on the floor, but also as a young infant kind of elevated on a surface, mm -hmm. like a bobby pillow or a rounded pillow like that can be really helpful in the beginning stages as babies getting the hang of lifting their head up, supporting themselves on their shoulders and um, just kind of being able to look around with a little in a little bit more supportive position than just flat on the floor. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Good. Perfect. Let's move on to sleeping. So what can go in their crib? That's a qu question that we get uh, a lot. Oh, yeah. um, is swaddle enough? Is a sleep sack better? I'm just asking the question because for yeah. instance, in France, we don't swaddle babies. Maybe it had changed yeah. since I left, but when I yeah. was practicing over there, we weren't swaddling babies. We yeah. use sleep sacks and PJs. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and other question as well, 
what's your take on head pillows and you know headrests yeah. uh, supposedly fighting plagiocephaly so what's mm -hmm. your take on that uh you can mm -hmm. hear that my question is biased <laughs> 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 so what's the best bassinet option and what's your take on uh, i know it's a lot and what's your take about baby rockers and containers because we have all of these questions all the time so yeah I would like to think. Of. Yeah, sleep is so it's such a such a topic and it can be polarizing, but I like to keep um, the middle ground for sure, because we all want sleep and we all want our babies to be safe. So we are all going to do what we feel is best with that. Now, I, I find it so interesting that you said in France, you guys don't swaddle babies because it's not a necessity to swaddle, swaddle a baby. In the United States, it's super common um, because, you know, of the back to sleep campaign and we're pla placing babies on their back to sleep from day one. Well, if we do that, babies have a newborn startle reflex that doesn't integrate for many months. So that means throughout baby's sleep cycle, they're going to, um, spontaneously startle themselves and, and wake themselves up, um, which is totally typical. But when we are wanting to promote deeper sleep, longer sleep, things like that, um, that's when the swaddles come to play. Mm -hmm. And I do think there are some that are better than mm -hmm. others as far as swaddling baby without how do I say this, wrapping them into a position that they like can't move in. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we still want babies to be able to like somewhat move freely and get that kind of, kind of natural restful position because we don't want baby to be in a swaddle forever. Baby's going to have to transition out of this. We just want what the purpose of the swaddle is to kind of like recreate that feeling of the womb. You know, they've come out of the womb and now they're like, ah, I don't have any input. Whereas before when they would sleep in the womb, they would kick and yeah. hit and punch, but they get feedback yeah. from, from your womb. And, you know, it wasn't tying them into place, but they would get some feedback to settle that startle reflex. So on my guide, I have a list of um, um, the swaddles and the sleep sacks that I that I like better than, than others. Yeah. Um, there's kind of two, two types of swaddles right now. Um, some have Velcro and some have zippers mm -hmm. and the Velcro ones, you, you know, were really popular, but I'm finding that the zipper ones our parents are liking better. And I do too, because, um, first of all, it's easier. There's no wrapping and there's no risk of like over tightening baby mm -hmm. with a Velcro, you know, and you're not tying babies hands down with the Velcro yeah. in the, in the zipper ones. It's like a, it's like a sleeping bag yeah. and it's so sweet because baby can still move their arms into a position that they want without like scratching their face and waking mm -hmm. themselves up. They're getting that kind of elastic stretch and that that input, that feedback when they do startle, um, but they're still able to move a little bit. So one of my favorites is called the Woombie. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. It's so cute. I love so the name. <laughs> I know it's so cute, but so if you're going the swallow route, I encourage you to, to try that out because it, it, babies tend to like it a lot more and it's 
easier to use and things like that, easier to transition out of. Um, but yeah, if you don't need to use a swaddle, there's no other reason than just trying to, to soothe your baby to sleep a little bit easier. Um, we also do in, as a therapist, we do use swaddles, um, therapeutically too, because it can be very calming to a baby to be placed in what we call midline or have their hands to the center of their body is calming neurologically. Mm -hmm. So, um, we will use swaddles if we are working with an infant that has some sensory issues or, you know, some other issues, um, with co-regulation or even feeding issues. You know, if your baby is squirming, arching their back all over the place and can't get it together to nurse, we'll often swaddle baby, put them in midline, their body will calm, and then they can focus on nursing. So there are other ways we can use swaddles um, in addition to sleeping too. That's great. That's great. And so, um, yeah, remind me of your other question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be easier. (laughs) (laughs) So what about, you know, head pillows and headrests? Mm. You see what I mean? Like those little stuff that we put just beneath the head. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot and they're all over the stores. Um, there, if your baby, or if you're concerned about your baby having flat head, you know, there are so many other ways, things that we Mm -hmm. can do to prevent it other than a pillow. And I, I agree putting extra things in the crib is not safe. Um, and it's not really effective because it is not. Yeah. it's not effective. It doesn't do anything. Baby moves. Yeah. Um, the only, only, only time I've seen it effective is, is if it's a baby in a NICU and in an isolate that's yeah. monitored all day and can't move. Like, um, my, my son, we did a lot of posi- therapeutic positioning in the isolate with head pillows and things like that. But once you go home, baby's strong enough to move around and turn and, you know, neurotypical, full-term babies, they're not going to stay in one place. So your focus is during that baby's awake time of getting them off that back of their head, doing a lot of tummy time and therapeutic positioning during the day. Um, and that's your best bet of, of managing, um, that flat head syndrome and things like that. Um, but yeah, those pillows only cause a risk and not, not really beneficial. No, and and they need to be able to move. I mean, this is where we have an issue when they're not moving their neck anymore. This is where they develop tensions and stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. really working against, uh, you know, the therapy, especially if you you see someone and you put that at home, you just like, you know, it's like you're doing nothing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really my, my take on that. Uh, As for bassinet, baby rockers and containers, do you have best options? You know, that as long as there's been a lot of recalls in the United States like, yeah. lately That's on awesome. inclined sleepers. Um, and so like the Fisher Price Rock and Play is the most popular one that was recalled two years ago. And then since then, many co- companies kind of followed suit with voluntarily recalling these inclined bassinets. I'm not talking about the bassinets that you place by your bed. That's like literally just a small crib with a flat thing. I'm talking about the baby's inclined Mm -hmm. um, and the the bassinets kind of rounded. Um, And then, so those are recalled for for safety issues. But as if you have something that's flat, 
um, that, you know, is mimicking like the, the, the look of a crib or a, um, we call them pack and plays or play yards. You know, I don't think, I think again, it's more of a preference, probably a space, you know, issue, you know, do you have a lot of space in your room for a big pack and play or a crib, or do you need a bassinet for a while? And a lot of preference too. Yeah. A lot of them are cute, but there are ones that, um, someone just asked me the other day about the snoo yeah. and it's the one or the four moms one, you know, where it like rocks your baby to sleep and you know, you guys just don't need to spend $1,500 <laughs> on something that rocks your baby because that's not going to do your baby any good in the long term. No, because you're going to have to transfer your baby out of that thing eventually. And then they're going to wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Hey, where's my gentle rocking? <laughs> every five minutes like no (laughs) baby doesn't need rocking and and actually if you look at some of the studies the rocking is stimulating to baby it keeps them awake so a lot of times I'll tell parents stop jiggling stop bouncing stand still and watch your baby fall asleep you know so we got to look at that a little differently, I think. But if you have a stationary bassinet, you could probably choose anything you want. <laughs> That's very funny. So what about uh, play seats and baby walkers? What do you think about them? Oh, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> okay, play seats. Okay, play seats. Do you mean the ones that babies are sitting in like the bumbo that kind of thing or do you mean like bouncy seats no let's begin with the the one that they are sitting on and then we'll go to the bouncy seats okay okay so a lot of parents get oh my gosh this aisle is just bonkers at the store with i call it containers so container is anything that baby's going to sit in or be in that doesn't allow for free movement. Mm -hmm. And you already know that Leslie and I like free movement. So (laughs) you know where we're going with this, but so a little bit of time in these a day is okay. It's not going to be hugely detrimental, but the problem is that parents are, don't know the risks associated with using containers. So they put baby from the crib to a bouncy seat, to a baby swing, to a play seat, to an extra saucer, and baby is missing a lot of floor time. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> that baby is missing a lot of, of opportunity to advance all of their skills. And then you really got to look at the positioning of the baby in these items. In my um, free guide, if you're looking at it, like you can see, um, I separate play seats into the not ever get and the, well, these are kind of better. <laughs> I don't love play seats in general because I don't feel like there's a huge amount of time that's beneficial for baby to use them. In fact, they, they, they don't teach baby how to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the biggest myth we need to bust with these containers, these sitting and standing containers. They don't teach baby how to sit and a extra saucer or a standing container is not going to teach baby how to stand and walk. Yeah. Only the floor will do that. So your purpose with these really needs to be, Hey, I need five minutes to like take a shower or put you somewhere safe while yeah. I go do something that needs to be why we're using these not as a place for baby to play in for hours and hours. Um, because then they're going to go sit on the ground and they're going to go back to these positions and movement patterns that are not 
typical um, and will not help them develop appropriately. It's sort of like going back to the bottle. Like if you're using the wrong shaped bottle, you know, you're going to encourage motor patterns in the mouth that aren't great. Well, if you're using, if you're putting baby in a seat all the time, you're going to encourage that baby to use motor patterns and muscles that, that aren't normal or, or aren't what we would consider typical when we're looking to teach that baby to sit on their own. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And what about, um, the bouncers? What do you think? Oh my gosh. Same I was thing, just right? Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So, and, but it's so, it's not parents fault because this is the thing I was reading a bunch of advertising on this the other day and it was just like, Oh, two times the bouncing action. And it was like, play, put your baby in this so they can be entertained and play all day while you're at work. <laughs> and all of these things, I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, this is so terrible to advertise this to parents at their most vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, so, and then I got a great question um, from someone who was like, oh, my, my seven month old is not bearing weight. Would a, a jumper like this mm-hmm. be helpful? And to a parent who has, doesn't have the education or the background, that seems like, oh, that might be helpful, right? But in fact, it's the opposite. And, and therapists will often recommend that parents take these out of their homes because we're putting too much stress on the baby's joints when the baby is not ready Mm -hmm. to support that, that part of their body, um, and puts them in, in the wrong position. Again, it's just not great alignment. Um, babies are kind of flying all over the place in those things, and they're getting input to parts of their legs and their feet that they don't need. Um, and it can create atypical movement patterns, like, um, kind of correlate with toe walking and things like that. So there's a lot of things that go into it. And again, on my free guide, I hope to kind of clear all that up and really simplify it for you guys as to like, okay, these kinds of play seats are fine for like a few minutes, but like definitely not these. And these are like definitely not safe. Don't, you know, don't buy these. Or if you have these, you know, just throw them away or return them because it's just not worth it to have in your home. No, no, no. And marketers, unfortunately, are doing really a great job at misleading parents. <gasps> a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are doing a great job at getting these yeah. into families' homes. They're yes. everywhere. They're in every home. home. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. And then after, this is why you need therapy because <clears throat> you develop wrong yes. pattern movements. So. And then I come in and I explain this and parents like, well, I wish I knew this before. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, me too. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, I know. Yeah. All right, car seats. It's a very important topic here, yeah, and 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 thing. yeah, and and we see we see some people that are adding stuff into the mm. car seats, and and we know it's not always safe. Headrest covers, swaddles, etc. So we are going mm-hmm. to talk about that. So, what would be the best way to know what car seats are good ones and what they need to stay away from? Yeah, so car seats, um, there's so many things about car seats. Um, for when you're talking about in newborns, there's basically two types of car seats you can get. The infant car seats that have like the little, they, they used to call them, oh, what they used to call them. 
Oh my gosh, my husband calls them something. Funny. <laughs> That's all. <right. laughs> I don't think of it. But where they click in and out of the base, so you can yes. take the baby inside in the car seat with you, or there's convertible seats that just stay in the car, and they can switch to forward facing later on when baby's much older. Um, but really, most people have those those infant seats where it clicks in and out of the base. Now, as far as like brands, stick with a major brand that you've heard of because those are going to be, you know, the the have the best certifications and you know they're they're crash tested and all that stuff and follow all the the high safety protocols what you want to stay away from is used car seats um because you don't know if they've been involved in a crash and you want to make sure that even like if you're using a car seat for like your second or your third kid make sure you look at the expiration because car seats expire um, so you can't always just use it for, for the next sub subsequent kids. They usually expire within like six years, but some of them are sooner. So it's always good to check that. Um, that's a great, really that's a great advice because that's not something we read very often. I didn't yeah. know that there was an expiration date. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, exactly. So I, I remember I use it with my I used my brother's one and then gave it back and he had another kid and he's like, I was like, I don't think you can use that again. It's been too long. He's like, oh man. <laughs> so yeah, they, they do. And it's for safety, you know, for those latches and those buckles and those straps, you want them to be in pristine condition if, if your baby is involved in a crash. Um, and, and if your baby is involved in a crash with the car seat, say it's just a fender bender, most car seat companies will require you to get rid of the car seat yeah. um, and buy a new, and they will insurance will give you a new one. So that's something to, to, to know too. Yeah. Um, as far as like what you said is accessories. Yeah. There's a big suction on, on my free guide. So the car seat covers are super popular right now. There's like stretchy fabrics that you can like double up and use as a nursing cover. Yeah. And then people put them over their car seat, like to cover up their baby, um, I guess from the sun or elements, I guess, but really that's so unsafe. Even if your baby's not driving in the car, because you can, your baby can overheat in that car seat real yeah. fast, real fast. And that's something that we see, um, some people putting on the strollers as well. The strollers. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I would not recommend it. As you said, they are overheating as well. I think that's something. Yeah. Even on. when on mild days. Um, and then, then especially not in the car seat while the car is moving. It, basically anything that doesn't come with your car seat mm. in the box should not be used on the car seat because it's not been crash tested and actually can cause more damage, more harm than, than, benefit and those the other kind of car seat covers are those insulated um like sheepskin type ones that are advertised to like keep your baby really warm in the cold winter months but you guys you're going like five feet from a warm house to a warm car like your baby doesn't need sheepskin over the car seat <laughs> it's really cute and i get why we would buy them they're darling but they're not crash tested. And if anything happens, if you do get in a crash, it could cause, you know, risk of suffocation. So they are not, not, not good. Um, the head support 
bands the same way that's mm-hmm. usually advertised for older kids who are like falling asleep in the car and the parents yeah. concerned about like their head position but if your baby is strapped in correctly your baby can sleep safely in a car seat in the car mm-hmm. not when you take them out not when you undo the base and you like take the base inside, we need to take baby out of the car seat immediately. But if your baby is clicked into the car because then it's at the correct angle and assuming that your baby's buckled in tightly with the harnesses in the right place, your baby's body is supported. So their airway is going to be open Mm -hmm. um, even if they're asleep. So you don't have to worry about that and you don't need to buy support bands to keep your baby's head up. Yeah, that's Um, it's a good one. Yeah. And same, so same thing with head pillows, right? So that the head pillows is kind of the same idea, but for that like newborn stage, most of the car seats come with a newborn insert though, or they call it like a body, body support or body pillow. And you just have to make sure that you're, you're taking those out when baby gets to a certain, um, uh, weight or, Mm -hmm growth. Um, and it, it'll tell you in the manual when, when to take those out. But again, if you add something extra, like say, let's go back to the flat head. Mm-hmm. If your baby has a flat head and you're like, Oh, well, my baby spends a lot of time in the car, you know, running to and fro, picking up older kids. I want to put this infant, um, head pillow in there, you know, to get his head positioned a certain way. Well, actually, if you put something extra in the seat, it could slide down Mm-hmm. cause your baby's head to lean forward and actually narrowing that airway. So it's really a safety risk. Um, and not even a, just like, Oh, that doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, it's a safety concern. Yeah. Um, so yeah, rule of thumb, don't add anything extra. <laughs> It'll save you money. <laughs> and yeah. It's much safer to just use what comes in the box. And read that manual. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, the best advice. All right. Let's finish up with uh, baby wearing, because I know you have uh, a section on that uh, into your guide. So what's the best way to carry baby? Is it like a baby carrier? Is it like a, how how do you call that? Like a strap? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many. So it's funny that you mentioned this. In like two weeks, I hope to launch like a really mini course on baby wearing, how to become confident in baby wearing. Because I'm getting a lot of these questions and um, it's a, some of the questions are a little more like, I need to show you and I need to, to explain the whole thing to you. Right. So I, I made a little mini course about it. It'll be live soon, but there's basically five types. There's a ring slings. You'll see wraps and you'll see different kinds of wraps. You'll see the stretchy fabric wraps, or you'll see the linen wraps. Um, you'll see may dyes or may ties, which are another type of wrap. Um, and you'll see what we call soft sided carriers or buckled carriers, which are really popular these days. And um, I really enjoy those. As far as what to get, it's kind of a personal preference, kind of um, um, need to think about what you're using it for, Mm -hmm. what's your purpose, and how old is your baby and how big is your baby and how long you're going to be using these for. Mm -hmm. So like ring slings are really great in the beginning. especially if you're out and about and want to nurse, you can nurse baby in them. You can carry really small babies in them. Um, same thing with wraps. And I really liked wraps. I used wraps a lot on like errands because I would put the wrap on 
and I'd get in the car seat and I can keep my wrap on just like a shirt and I buckle my car seat. And then when I get to the store, all I have to do is take baby out and put him in the wrap. It takes two seconds. Um, and baby is so much better off in a baby wearing carrier versus like, uh, the car seat that we were just talking about. So instead of taking your car seat into target, you just have this wrap on that you take baby in. Um, and so, but buckled carriers are really popular because they really are, um, comfortable for parents, Mm -hmm. right. Especially if you've got a bigger baby or you're planning on like going on a hike or going on a walk or doing any type of physical activity, or just planning on wearing baby around the zoo or something. Um, those are great because they are super comfortable. You don't even feel like you're carrying a baby and babies just love them. They just love them. So good. There's so many benefits to baby wearing for, for both caregiver and baby. I mean, from calming baby and focusing on, um, really head shape, going back to flat head syndrome, it's good for their head shape and to be upright, but also for bonding. Um, and there's, you know, some studies out there that there's decreased risk of developing a postpartum mental health disorder when you do baby wearing significant amount of times of baby wearing, which is so fabulous to know. Um, that's easy. So that's fabulous. You know, if if it's, you know, working for that, that's something that we need to, to tell more to new moms. So on baby carriers, the one with the, the, you know, straps and buckles and whatever, yeah, baby facing forward or facing to you. Yep. That's a big reason why I'm having this course come out because it's a little more gray. I think now a lot of people, um, here's, here's the thing. The people that we typically say, you know, no, we don't really want forward facing baby forward facing for a long period of time. Well, why? Well, because we're concerned about baby's hip development Um, and it can get a little more involved in that when when baby is first born, their hip socket is not fully developed and it takes six plus months to Mm -hmm. really work on baby developing that those that hip joint to get a stable joint so that baby is not at risk for what we call um, hip dislocation or hip dysplasia. Um, So we really want a a stable hip for when that baby learns to walk at a year old. Now, if baby is positioned with their legs dangling, with their hips straight and with their legs really close together for long periods of time, this can have a negative effect on their hip development. And we know that to be a fact. Now, spending 20 minutes forward facing in a baby sling, some baby wearers are now saying is no big deal. It's not going to affect their hip development that much, things like that. But I I go into it a little more more in my course because again, it's a little more gray area than that. Mm -hmm. There are certain times where we absolutely do not want to forward face baby. And then there are certain times where, eh, you know, it's not the best position for baby's hips, but we can probably, um, modify uh, the baby carrier a little bit to make it okay for short periods if that's something that's really important to you. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is there's no benefit to forward-facing baby in a baby carrier because um, I think a lot of parents think, oh, but my baby wants to see everything. Your baby can turn their head and see everything if they're facing you, if you're heart to heart. Um, I promise, I promise, I promise. And on the flip side, 
babies often get overstimulated if they're facing forward. Babies need to have the option to turn into you and hide if they feel um, unsafe or worried or overstimulated. And if they're forward facing, you take that option away from them. Um, so, and if you look at it from a biological perspective too, um, of like how our bodies are made and of infant reflexes, infants and babies are really meant to be carried facing for facing towards your chest. Yeah. So chest to chest. So that's kind of my short spiel on that. <laughs> no, but that, that's, a, that's a great point. That's a very great point. And I suppose it depends on, you know, on the types of, you know, mm-hmm. on, on the brands and on the open oh for the hips. So I yes. guess when you're able to, 100%. you know, show them, it makes even more sense because as 100%. you said, there are, you know, thousands of options out there, but that's yes. a really great point. All right. Okay, Gina. I mean, this was amazing. We have so many <laughs> answers to so many questions. Good. Good. <laughs> Download <laughs> that guide because there's a lot to go through. There's just yes. so much for you guys to, to think about. And it's just not fair that you don't have these answers ahead of time. You know, you got, you deserve it. Parents deserve to have this information so that you can make the best decisions for your baby. Yeah. And, you know, this stuff is not meant to tell you like, you're doing it wrong or you're no. don't do it this way. This stuff is meant to just educate you on the simple facts of infant development so that you can go to the store and be like, Oh, you know, that's not really going to work for us mm-hmm. and make that decision yourself. Absolutely. It's informed decision. And it's always yeah. better when you know, when you have a resource, when you, you can find, you know, your answers to your most burning questions, because most of the time, as we said earlier, marketers won't give you these answers. They just want no. to sell you their products. So Absolutely. don't really rely on, you know, what's on the, on the box of oh the my product yes. because they won't tell you it's not good for you. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> All right, Gina, it was lovely to have you here for this episode. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for coming and I'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is the end of our episode with Gina Midlow. I really loved this episode and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did recording it with her. If you want to know more about Gina's work and her online courses, you can check out her website, theirbestart.com. And if you give birth weeks, months, or even years ago, don't forget to check out my website, bonjourbaby.net, and grab your freebie, the postpartum recovery guide to help you jumpstart your core and pelvic floor recovery right now. All right, my friend, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.